Hey, what's going on? This is Brandon. This is Joshua. Hey, this is Dave. Uh, and this is Ilya Rautze, the writer of Hatching and the writer-director of Helsinki Mansplaining Massacre and Night of the Living Dicks. And you are now tuned in to DVD Horror. All of you are very pretty. Hey everyone, we are joined here today by filmmaker Ilya Ratze. Uh, Ilya is joining us from Finland to discuss his film, The Hatching, which is about to receive its US release on April 29th. Aside from The Hatching, Ilya also has um, released some short films, such as The Helsinki Mansplaining Massacre and Night of the Living Dicks, which is currently out on the festival circuit. Ilya, thank you so much for joining us, and I apologize for my Terrible, terrible pronunciation of your name. <laughs> Thanks. Happy to be here. Nice. All right. So how did you get into horror and what are some of your favorite horror films? Ooh, really, I, I I got into horror like too early as, as, as a small child, I think. Like yeah. I, I, I always, I always enjoyed like fantasy and like, Marvel comics and 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 things things of that nature and then I, I I've always had this thing about fear and being scared and and um, I started having nightmares as a kid early on and then I I remember just children's picture books with some troll troll in them and that I was afraid to turn the page because I knew the troll was poking his head out of the cave and and but still I I I needed to turn the page. Though I didn't <laughs> want to, and then then I couldn't bear to look at it, but I still had that like uh, turning turning my face back to it, and so and, and I think uh, it was probably yeah I saw the the fifties the fly when I was okay. I don't know maybe eight or something, and that 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 kind of the ending ending of it where the girl is in the web and the spiders coming and the tinny voice going help me help me and that that stayed with me for a long time and uh and then when i was 12 i saw the the 90 version of uh stephen king's it yeah, okay and i i think that kind of sealed the deal for me because uh i was utterly terrified of the clown and i i sort of well, now I haven't actually had any dreams about Pennywise for a while, but I still, like, 25 years later, I would still get that guy in my head and in my dreams, and it's it's sort of, I'd have nightmares anyway, but I, I'm just jealous of Stephen King for coming up with such a powerful concept that it still yeah, still stays yeah. with you after all that time, because it's, it's and I think that's partly the thing is it's with horror, it's, the imagination, like because I was a smart kid, then after seeing it, I went and read the book, and uh, that's just so much worse because it goes straight to your head. And uh, yeah. I think that th those are kind of the early ones. And then my uh, aunt, who lives in England, she knew that I uh, I enjoy horror. So when I turned thirteen, she brought me Hellraiser on VHS as a birthday present because uh, in Finland back in the early 90s still we had this video censorship era so you okay. actually we didn't even get 
Hellraiser here because you had to cut like I don't know 10 minutes out of it or something and then they never you couldn't have a video published if the age limit was 18 you could only have 16 so it, it was a weird era but then getting Hellraiser on VHS with Pinhead on the cover and <laughs> I just went went upstairs with the VHS and immediately watched it and immediately came down and like this is the best movie I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of the best yeah um so i'm really curious of what the horror scene in finland is like at this moment and also kind of like what inspirations specific to finland do you feel are present in in the films that come out of there well i mean at the moment it's picking up a bit but basically like uh all throughout film history there's i don't know there's like five to six horror films made in finland until now that uh Hatching came out and now actually there's another film that came out just this week called The Twin, which is a Finnish horror film, but that's with uh, American actors. And uh, and there's another one coming later. So now now we are actually finally starting to get Finnish horror, but uh, it's, it's a huge gap because mostly Finnish films tend to be very kind of uh, realistic drama or children's films or comedies for the like... Finnish people and that that's kind of our war films about our glorious past <laughs> but but that that's been kind of the playing field and anything like to do with fantasy or horror or science fiction that's been very there's very few of them like uh, iron sky this past decade and and then then now it's picking up so now now I'm kind of really in a good place because I only want to do weird genre films and <laughs> now it seems like it's it's actually possible to get those those types of things made with with these shorts and hatching and and yeah. and there's a sci- sci-fi film i wrote coming in september which is also nice so it's 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 changing a bit now we, we do have uh, the night visions film festival which has been going on since i think 97 or something and it, that's happening in a few weeks that's all all horror genre weird stuff they're showing the room again for the i don't know how many times (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's cool i can't wait to check out your uh, sci-fi film so when you finish with that definitely let us know um so we also started a playlist where our guests give us two of their favorite songs can you share two major tracks that made an impact on your life or even on your career Mm, well, <laughs> I, I always blank when I ask something like that. But yeah, um, I, I like the last last years. I've been uh, I listen to not that much music, but I, unless I'm writing, so I always have a different soundtrack for each project when I'm writing. But but the National is a band that I've been listening for the last I don't know ten years. Okay. And I keep expecting that at some point I'll get enough of it, but it hasn't happened. It's kind of still going on. So probably today I die by the national is one of them. Okay, excellent. Good track. Love, love the national. They're uh, they're doing a lot of festivals right now, so I'm hoping to finally get to see them. They're a great band. Yeah, I, I they came to Finland. I think. Uh, maybe 2014 or something. So I've seen them once, once live and it was great. Awesome. So 
what was it like watching the film you wrote come to life on the big screen? Oh, but, <laughs> that's always it's it's kind of a tricky. You have to see it several times to get the writer brain sorted out because mm -hmm. when you see it the first time, it's kind of like um, I'd, I'd seen like uh, versions through the edit, so it wasn't like a complete complete surprise. And I, I went to the set and and things, but still, when you watch it the first time, it's always like uh, okay, this is how they interpreted the script. Uh, as opposed to this is the film that exists and it takes a few I've, I've seen it three times now with an audience and and I think I'm finally getting to the point where it's like uh, okay so this is the this is the film that we made but mm -hmm. it's I, I described it uh, like uh, like the, watching this film felt the first time felt like uh, I'd been pulling out my intestines and putting them in a bucket. And I handed that to the director and she decorated the house with them. And now I'm walking around in the house and looking at, ah, so that's where the spleen went. And ah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that type of uh, odd yeah. experience, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the film and very proud of our, our collaboration on it. And uh, we're, we're working on a new script now with the director. Okay. Nice. That, is, that is an amazing but very very disturbing analogy for what this experience was like so thank you for sharing that <laughs> it, it, it was the first thing that came to my mind so that kind of shows you maybe how my how my head works <laughs> but You're it was the definitely right. the best you know you know it's hard to describe something like that but like you made it like a, like a short horror film for us <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um so first off, I want to say congratulations on making it to the cover of Rue Morgue. That's amazing. Thanks. So not just the hatching, but also uh, there's an article about your short films, and it's right, they're right on the cover as well. So yeah, I, I still like I haven't actually. I, we hatching made the cover of Fangoria as well, and that one that one I actually got, but Rue Morgue I haven't seen yet. So I, it's, it's I, I I really want to read that and see see what kind of article because it was a nice interview. Yeah, absolutely. So that, I mean, that's amazing. And I, oh, I, for me, I mean, it just thinking about what it would be like to be on the cover of one of these horror publications, I can only imagine how like much of an honor, but also kind of like a surreal moment that must be because you, I'm sure that you kind of grew up similar to us kind of seeing these magazines or reading these magazines. Yeah, it's, I, I, I keep wanting to time travel back to me at 15 and <laughs> point out that the film you wrote is, is on the cover of this. And it's it's kind of, uh, it's, an, it's, it's sort of an unreal moment, but it's a really nice thing, especially, you know, make, making, a, making a film out of Finland and then, then that traveling to so many places and being seen by so many people and kind of uh, embraced by so many people. And it's a... Uh, Especially because I don't know. Well, you you see in the films, it they're not that kind of uh, that ordinary, or <laughs> they're kind of uh, kind of weird weird films. I'm I'm very aware of that. <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's nice that you you kind of uh, drag something weird like this out of yourself, and and it feels like those films kind of represent who I am very honestly. And then, then to have that embraced by people, it's, it's the best, best yeah. type of. Uh, it's, it's interesting to me because it's kind of like you took something that could be, could be a disadvantage, like making 
a, this kind of genre film in a place that doesn't make these kind of genre films, but it actually turned out to be an advantage because it made you stand out once it got noticed, right? Yeah, yeah, and with uh, especially with with hatching, it was when we were kind of when when I first had the idea, I kind of very fast realized that oh, I haven't seen this, and that that's kind of always exciting. Yeah. And then then when we were trying to get it funded for like five years, just slowly building the financing because you can only get certain amount from Finnish funders. And then, then it has to be an international co-production. But then pitching this to people, it's kind of when, whenever when you got to the point of of, and then she starts vomiting in the creature's mouth, and then, <laughs> and then you you could see the light kind of click, and ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's sort of, uh, and and getting that made in Finland, I think it has to also do with the fact that the genre is not some kind of outside element, or or it's not not uh, just laid on top of a drama story it's it's kind of very built in to the whole concept and 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 so on yeah um so as i mentioned previously this film is going to get its u.s release on friday april 29th as far as i'm aware um yeah could you do a, a favor to our listeners and maybe just kind of give a brief overview of what this film is about um well hatching is a <laughs> horror drama about a 12 year old girl who's been raised up to always maintain this image of perfection. Her mother is very demanding and, and kind of doesn't allow her to portray any negative feelings or any ugly sides to herself. And, and the girl is, is a gymnast and there's an upcoming competition and the pressure gets gets more and more. And then, then she finds this bird's egg and takes it home with her and starts sleeping beside it and hatching it and as the pressure mounts for her then the every night the egg grows bigger until finally out of it hatches this half bird creature that goes out and uh, does all her buried ugly impulses and that's that's kind of the starting point <laughs> yeah yeah well, but so. it's really it's really kind of a mother daughter story told through body horror and uh this sort of twisted fairy tale aesthetic yeah now now with the mom and daughter's relationship you know we tend to see that a lot down this way you know whenever a child's in any type of sports or anything like that now did you have any like relatives or family members or someone close to you that kind of made you think of that storyline um i i used to do gymnastics myself but okay. <laughs> but uh it's this is not uh an autobiographical film in that sense. it's it's kind of uh I, I i did gymnastics for some years and i i won some competitions when i was like 13 or something but mm -hmm. then i would have at that I, I reached the point where i would have had to kind of devote all everything to it and uh, i didn't have that drive really and then like just being a teenager took over basically and yeah because it definitely remind it reminded me of the relationship with of my aunt and my cousin when like mm. my cousin she danced and so my aunt was always on her like you need to get this right and i was just like oh god and we would at least tell her to calm down like take it easy like it's a little bit too much but yeah it definitely brought me back to that yeah. So um, when the trailer released, it was being compared to films like the cult classic 90s film, Meet the Apple Gates, 
and the Swedish horror film Border. What inspired you to write this film? Um, well, it, it, originally it was just the, the idea popped into my head that a child uh, hatches an evil doppelganger out of an egg. <laughs> that, that was kind of the starting point. Yeah. And then then uh, the way I kind of discovered is, is a good way for me to write this is to kind of first explore what what the film should be in my head like what the characters are what the thematics are what the, what the whole thing is and once that is kind of fairly well in place then you can start looking at at influences from like other films and because otherwise you kind of box yourself in or you're kind of ah oh, that's already been done or oh I kind of you get stuck in those kind of issues and uh doing it like like th- this way that I do then I, I think it, it helps because then you can sort of more easily look at other films like oh they did that like that and maybe we can apply it to our content here where we tell it tell our own thing through it but mm-hmm. the very early on we talked a lot with the director Hanna about um, kind of what type of a horror film this is and we didn't want it to be one where it's kind of constant uh, shocks or something's coming around the corner and you're kind of getting like that that time we did we wanted it to disturb and uh what i i had in my head was kind of uh, the exorcist in the sense that for me at least the exorcist is not that kind of scary movie like there's not a lot of uh, shocks or I don't know. So some people think differently, but yeah. it's, it's it's not like uh, super scary, but it's super disturbing. And it, it's like when the film ends, it it stays with you for like weeks or yeah. years, and 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 uh, it, it tells its its story very well. That it goes goes to some taboo areas in in an interesting and unique way, and that that was kind of uh, the lead where we wanted to go. Okay. But um, I mean, then there's like I I mean I've been watching horror since I don't know I was what 10, 10, 10 years old or something so mm-hmm. there's like a ton of influences that are completely subconscious. Okay, absolutely. Um, so kind of the thing that kept coming in my mind when I was watching the hatching was it felt like I was watching a modern fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the aesthetic of the film was like really beautiful. There was lots of like colors and patterns, um, particularly like within the home, a lot of like the wallpaper and all that stuff. Yeah. So for me, like I, I was, you know, thinking back about like the meaning of all that. And it's like the surface level beauty versus like that, like ugliness that can be inside of something, right. Whether it's yeah. the, the mom or, you know, every, or the egg, <laughs> um, and the little, and the little girls imp- like dark impulses. So for you, I know like you obviously wrote the film and then, you know, when you guys were creating it, that was kind of a shared experience. Did the film end up looking kind of like how you had in your head? Uh, yeah, for the most part, a lot of it, because we, we did talk a lot about the visuals all through the developing of the script and, and, uh, the, director Hannah had this idea of like that everything in the girl's life has basically been decided by the mother so it's like the the room is a bit for it's a bit too cutesy for a girl of 12 years it, it's it feels like uh maybe yeah. she wants 
wants her daughter to stay eight years old forever or something. It, it has that that type of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And and also uh, the director was really keen on having this kind of uh, aesthetic where it's not horror horror isn't dark shadows and and what, what's behind the corner, but it's kind of like everything is in bright daylight, but there's something wrong, there's something off. And and that that it's so perfect that it's kind of really disturbing. That why 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 is it like this? Mm-hmm. And and that, that that was kind of the path that we we talked about a lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah and then, then then she she had added all these touches of like uh, the the father and the younger brother being dressed like identity, like it's almost a mini me situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's cool. So the special effects in this film were really cool. I noticed the animatronic puppet was created by a team that worked on like Star Wars and Jurassic Park films. Did they get every detail down how you wanted this creature to appear? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were amazing. It's kind of, uh, uh, we ended up with this this guy called Gustav Hergen, who lives in in London, I think. And uh, we found him by just because there's nobody in Finland who can do that because there's no history of films like this so so uh hana the director googled best animatronic designer in the world <laughs> google turned up gustav and then she just wrote him an email that hey we have this script uh, it's not, not a lot of money but uh, maybe maybe this will appeal to you and uh, he was he was really excited about it and and it was amazing to get someone of that caliber working on it and they, they had like a I think there were maybe six puppeteers or something. So mm. a lot of the effects in the film are done done like through animatronics and and physical effects. There's not a lot of CGI, but then I mean, there's six puppeteers in in gimp suits that were digitally removed. So <laughs> so watching those creature scenes in the edit was an interesting experience of just seeing those guys yeah. <laughs> do their stuff. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, but it, it it was kind of very very early on talked about that as well. We neither of us really liked the digital creature aesthetics, and we knew that there's no way at our budget level could we pull off a Gollum type of a creation. And and also because the lead is gonna be a twelve year old girl with probably very little acting experience, like it was the mm-hmm. uh, Siri who plays the the lead has never acted before, which is an, oh, amazing okay. because she's absolutely brilliant yeah. but but to have something physical for her to play off as well and because the creature needed to be kind of slimy and very physical and something you could touch and and be disgusted by i i think the the physicality helps sell all that and and it's just cool to have a puppet <laughs> that's yeah. i think <laughs> I, I'm I'm a really big fan of of gremlins and especially gremlins 2 and and those mm. types of yeah, <laughs> that's awesome though because you just pointed out that was her first time acting, you know, and and yeah. for the viewers when you watch this film when it releases, she had to do a lot of like things that you like a professional person that's been in the in the business for years would have to do, and I think that she did an awesome job. You know? Yeah, yes, yeah, she's she's kind of a marvel. It's it's like uh, every like at every step of writing the script, it's like. Maybe we'll find someone. Hopefully, we'll find someone because you know, you know, she's carrying every scene, and it's it's kind of her movie. Yeah. And and uh, then we had this 
casting call where we got uh, like uh, 1,200 applications. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she came out on top. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, IFC Midnight acquired the rights to this film back in 2020. And I know they wanted to release the release it at a major international film festival, which ended up being the 2022 Sundance Film Festival. Did you attend? And if so, what was that experience like? We were going to attend, but two weeks before the festival, they made it completely virtual because of oh. the rising COVID figures. But mm-hmm. I think they, they were trying to, like, it was in January and... Uh, like right after Christmas, they were still trying to get it done physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, then they looked at the trend and it seemed like the, the uh, infection rates was going to be at its highest right during the festival. And so they pulled the block and that was kind of, a, that was a really bummer because it's, yeah. I don't, I don't see probably <laughs> not every film you make gets to, Sundance and so on. So it would have been a really, really nice experience. But uh, the reception was really good. And I, I mean, we, we got got written about on so many publications that that kind of really made up for it because mm-hmm. and then it's it's been sold to something like over 40 countries, the distribution of it. And, and that's kind of mind boggling. Yeah. That, that that was done like before the film was out anywhere. So it's like for a Finnish film, that's uh, <laughs> a really, really weird situation. But uh... congratulations! <laughs> that's, that's that's amazing. Uh, definitely. Um, and this is this is the first feature for me as a fiction writer and uh, Hanna as a director. So it's also like uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great first start. Yeah. Um, so your your short film. Um, well, we'll start with Night of the Living Dicks, which is um, hit like you, I had mentioned earlier. It's in the festival circuit. I think you said that it was going to be in the um, was it Seattle this in the month? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be in Seattle in in this month, like I think April twenty second or something. It's actually at Seattle Film Festival. They're going to play uh, Night of the Living Dicks as a preview to hatching so oh <laughs> cool. playing both films in a row so it's like uh welcome to my head type of a <laughs> screening wow. I, I i expect that to be a really really bizarre dissonance between the two sure. films but sure. both have uh, this aspect of like uh, something internal physicalizing itself so maybe there will be some odd <laughs> yeah yeah, there's, I mean, there's a correlation. I mean, this is obviously just to like get a little bit of a different route. Um, so this I'm one so is... Sorry, I'm going to go put the light on because it's getting dark here. Okay. No problem. Okay, so so this film, Night of Living uh, Dicks, is funny, grotesque, and has a really unique and like in-your-face way of highlighting um, some important like gender issues, um, I guess would be the best way to say it. So uh, what made you want to tackle these topics and what has the feedback to this film been? Um, well, it, it actually started like in, in 2018, we made uh, the short Helsinki Mansplaining Massacre. And that that was kind of, uh, I got the idea for that bit. <laughs> I was coming across like uh, mansplaining on, online and thinking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre like I often do. And then, then suddenly they clicked in my head and then the title kind of dictated a lot how the movie should go like i wanted to have a texas chainsaw structure but comment 
comment on gender issues and horror at the same time and kind of play around with uh, horror comedy and and then when when that that played at like something over 100 festivals and it it really went well well and uh I'm I'm developing a feature horror comedy as well, but then we wanted to make another short. And uh, I, for mansplaining, when I was writing it, because it was about mansplaining, but then all those situations kind of while writing, they tended to go drift towards sexual harassment. But I knew that that film was not the right, right one for that team because it would have distracted but then after making it, I still had all that that stuff floating around in my head. And then then I just, I don't know, my producer was pushing me to like, like come up with an idea for a great short. And I was like, yeah, easy, easy for you to say, because I think short ideas are harder than feature ideas. I'm kind of, I tend to de- develop stories that snowball and, and you can't really do that in a short, although I think Might of the Living Geeks really does snowball. So... So, but anyway, I, I just, something, it's a film where a woman fed up with getting dick pics uh, finds a pair of glasses through which she can see which men are the real dicks and, and they have like this latex penises for heads and it's uh, told as a black and white noir thriller. And uh, that was, what what the hell was I saying? Yeah, lost my train of thought there. That's okay. Yeah, uh, the the prosthetics of that film were insane. They were like, you know, in in general, this was like a really beautifully shot film. Um, you know, it, and you do some interesting things with color to kind of represent emotion. So it's kind of like black and white thinking versus uh, emotional thought, which. Yeah. Um, I thought you did a really nice way of like kind of presenting that in a visual. And I was just thinking like this whole concept and in, in kind of in both films, but especially this one, like how hard was it for you to like, you can write these ideas down, but then to like get it into visual form. I mean, you did a great job. Yeah. How challenging was that? Yeah. The night of the living dicks directing that was definitely the, the kind of most challenging thing that I, I've ever done. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like we had nine days to shoot, which is a lot for like a 20 minute short, but it was still, still time was really tight and we, we could only afford like maximum three takes. And then we have to move on because we couldn't go into over overtime at all because it's a short film and everybody's not paid that much. And, uh, yeah. And the budget was quite high already. So, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of for me the when when the this thing with the black and white and colors when when I was when I first had the idea and then suddenly I was like, what if it's in black and white? And then what if it turns to color? And then I was like, okay, now I have a film. Like it, it, I had had the visual journey, and uh, I really wanted to play with uh, like visually about point of view because it's all about seeing and being seen and looking at someone and and seeing them for who they are versus who they kind of are expected to be and and I wanted that to be present in the visual visual planning of it and and also playing around with when she puts on the glasses we go into different aspect ratios and it, it had this kind of 
like am i thinking too much is this <laughs> is this that there's no way this is gonna work and uh, definitely like uh, at every step of the way there was this desperation of that there's no no way any of this will ever work kind of like watching the first first uh, rough cut of that that just uh, the assembly cut was that kind of like Ah, okay. I destroyed my career. <laughs> it's like, uh, then, then it, of course, it only really started to work at the very last steps of the way. Like because it's so, so kind of uh, there's so much sound design also in terms of what the timing of the jokes and things are, and it, it was kind of playing to a lot of dead air when we were doing it, and and it's it's that type of thing where you just have to kind of. Uh, sit tight and uh trust the initial idea like okay i had this concept it made me laugh the execution's not there yet but but it will be there it will be there and then it's it's kind of every step of the way there's there's that one moment where one of the dickheads uh, shoots sperm off the top of his head and and we, we had this physical we called it a sperm cannon it's basically like a tube and and then some 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 liquid that the special effects guy made and and we couldn't get that to work the consistency was constantly off like it, it either it disappeared completely or then it, it just went somewhere else and then it's like literally on the day of shooting he did the final like i now i have the consistency and now it'll work and then getting the actor to position right to it and and, and all that it's, it's kind of like we could that that and some of the like the exploding head stuff we could only do it once and and then you're kind of sitting there praying well i hope this works because there's no way to cut around this we we don't have a film if this doesn't work and then half an hour later if this doesn't work we don't have a film and then again and if this doesn't work, it's, it's it's kind of you're sitting there i'm wondering like why why am i putting myself in this situation sounds stressful for sure but, but then then when it does work it's it's the best best thing ever yeah to get that experience yeah for yeah. the story i think like you got everything down packed because like for us running social media we kind of run into like situations like this, not, not us, but like we see like some of the female, um, you know, some of the female followers kind of post like, like stuff in their stories or stuff like that, how guys will send dick pics and everything. And then how they start to get like upset. And then like, you know, the aggression starts where they're sitting there just going back and shooting off like all these rude comments and everything back to them. And it's like, you kind of like view that and you're just like, wow, like, how do these guys kind of, like, come off, like, feeling like can just do this stuff? And it's, like, we never understand it. And so we kind of, like, talk to some of the females, and it's just, like, it's it's hard because it's, like, they're, like, these guys are dickheads. And it was just, like, all right, it's, like, they're put on the glasses, you know, and they're seeing these these guys for who they are. So just, like, how you captured in the film. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been especially, like, I, I saw it, once at the festival in Italy last year. And, and that's, I think, especially the in countries where there's still a heavy macho culture, mm-hmm. then you see, see that the <laughs> women audience members <laughs> were really getting it, <laughs> like really, <Yeah. laughs> really getting it. And that's, that's sort of, <laughs> ah, okay, it's still, still this, this bad out here. And I don't know, maybe probably everywhere but um, uh, for for me it's 
definitely like social media has has played a big role in in influencing both those shorts and and mm-hmm. like some of the for the mansplaining film i actually asked on facebook for my friends like tell your worst experiences of mansplaining and mm-hmm. and don't 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 let it stop you if there came from me and <laughs> then uh, in like 12 12 hours i had like something like 13 pages of mansplaining ex- <laughs> exhibition and then then a lot of lot of those i sort of took word for word from the film okay I, I love the um the part in Helsinki Mansplaining Massacre where uh she he finds out oh she had there's a pinhead uh bust mm. and she goes, Cool pinhead bust, and he goes, and his like head's about to explode. He's like, How do you know what that is? <laughs> and, and then he's like, Oh, someone told you about it. Um so I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's actually based on a true story, not with Pinhead, but just the, the attitude of of that. Like, uh, oh, somebody told you that. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, it yeah. has to have the information has to come from a man, and <laughs> then <laughs> then it yeah, can be. Like, I want to know your top films now. What are your favorite films? <laughs> like, oh, <God. laughs> he pops into the rooms asking that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I was just going to say that short is available on Amazon Prime for um, anyone that wants to check that out. Um, Night, of, Night of the Living Dicks is obviously is running festivals, so not available at this moment, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I, I don't actually know if what's what's happening is is that coming coming to some streaming service or not at at the moment. But but yeah, it's it's a festival still now. Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask you a question and there might not be an answer to this, but it just, it seems like um, gender uh, issues seem to be something you're kind of passionate about. I mean, you you kind of tell those in the three films that we've been able to see, you tell some Mm. sort of variation of that. Is there, is that kind of something that you, you feel has been important for you to talk about from the male perspective or is it just happened coincidental? No, it's it's been kind of like a growing growing awareness, but I mean it's it's sort of something that that definitely like gender roles have have played a really annoying part all through my life because I'm I'm not sort of um, I'm not very like a very manly guy and I I don't watch sports I don't I didn't go to the army I don't sort of <laughs> care about any any of that stuff and it, it's sort of I I have have an odd hairdo and and all all that that type of thing so it, it's been something that uh, that has been present all through my life like this idea that you have to be a certain type to kind of uh, uphold the the traditional image of being a man and then you're not accepted if you don't fulfill that image and I, I think sort of these kind of roles and the expectations and the pressure, especially the pressure, I think horror is a really good way to handle all that, like uh, to make it also physically real, like that the pressure can externalize. And, and that that's something that I really, really enjoy about filmmaking, but especially like horror filmmaking is you can take something internal and then you can make a physical creature out of it, whether it's like a dickhead or a bird monster, and and then then it's it's an externalization of of an emotional blob inside you. But then you have to face it, and you have to find a way to deal with it. And and that that's that's a really, I think, a unique thing for films because not books or comics or whatever you, you, you 
they're they're not sort of physically real like but whatever you put in front of the camera it becomes a reality and it becomes a concrete thing and then then watching someone face that concretely can can kind of uplift you in a different way than just a regular drama does yeah um i was kind of you know your answer makes a lot of sense based on uh the climax of yeah. the night of living dicks um when the male uh dick character decides he's going to reject it and he's going <laughs> to accept being able to be like an emotional creature um like that can exist you can be a male and have emotion emotions and I, I so that kind of I had an idea that that might have been kind of like what you know yeah in the yeah film. and it's it's kind of the my my process has also been that, that that because a lot of both of those shorts are they're kind of the the point of attack for the satire is really kind of the male ego and and how fragile it tends to be and and how much of it is like um like this armor that you wear like I if I don't have emotions then I can't be hurt. But then if somebody manages to poke you through that armor, then it hurts more because, you know, you're not used to being hurt. You're not used to dealing with the emotions because you have this ego armor that you put on. And that that's something that I I've, I've personally, even though I'm not, not in the traditional male mold, but still I've, I've had that like... Uh, e- be, like I suppose it's also a writer's ego. Like at the same time, you're like, ah, nobody cares what I think. But then at the same time, like, ah, but these are the best ideas ever. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's that constant kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know, low low self esteem, high ego exactly. <laughs> combination yeah. that you have to deal with. And and I mean, em- empathy is is a big part of the answer to that. But it's it's still it's something you have to kind of constantly dance with. Well, I just want to say, you know. These are probably like two of the best short films that I have seen like in a long time. Oh wow, thanks. Yeah, because a few years ago I was I was a guest judge for the Salem Horror Fest. So I had to grade short films. One of the main issues most films had was like time management. How do you mm. execute that so well and get straight to the point and keep the viewer engaged? Yeah, I think for these, I, I kind of especially it started with mansplaining. I I sort of I think something when I started writing that something clicked in my head, like, like kind of, a, okay, you can actually tell a story like this and you can, can kind of do it, do it in this way. And, and I have a very, like, uh, I get bored easily. So I, I want to just go all the time and I want the story to move and I want, want it to have, have momentum and, and, and kind of, I also, tend to i mean you can especially see it in night of the living dicks where probably the film has like too many ideas like i i just kind of pile everything <laughs> i come up with in there and and then the try to make it seem like like it's a cohesive whole and and sometimes i mean short films for me tend to best work when they're like one simple idea and <laughs> i don't really have that i have the opposite but i think the nice thing to hear from people is that it it usually even though short films are short, you can get bored a lot because they sometimes short films stretch the length and and uh, or they're kind of uh, features that they should be features, but they're kind of put to short size and then the, the kind of the pace pace is not right and and that kind of uh, can can make you a very impatient viewer. so I, I do work a lot on pace and and kind of 
what the emotion what the emotion is that I'm trying to put the roller coaster through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because that's definitely the thing. Like when whenever I know one year, Dave, we had attended a festival and we were sitting oh, yeah. there and you were I'm like, okay, it's start off it's starting off strong, midpoint, and then it's just like then it ends. I'm just like, what the hell just happened? Like, you know what I mean? Like what like what I lost like everything. Yeah, it's when, I mean, I think especially some some sometimes when when I'm disappointed in shorts, it's usually because there's a good starting point idea. Yeah. it doesn't really it doesn't have the the next idea or it's it kind of just peters out but uh i mean i i i always want there to be some something new something that okay it, it went this it went to this way and it, it went to that direction or or now I, i i didn't think it was gonna go there and then if, if that doesn't happen then it's kind of like uh feels like a wasted opportunity yeah but it's it's really hard making shorts nobody wants to fund them and then it's like uh, especially if if you're a first time filmmaker and then then you tend to love all your shots and <laughs> you want to want yeah. the crew's work to be there or it's just kind of or you're not not uh, don't want to let go of things or or that type of thing yeah yeah so I just wanted to give you an opportunity um, to let our listeners know, um, A, like, you know, where they can find you, where they can find these films and, you know, what else they should be looking out for. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at least <laughs> at the moment. I don't know when when I'll have enough of it, but <laughs> I'm on, on Twitter and Instagram with my my own own name so i'm i'm available there and uh also just promoting stuff stuff i do there but uh hatching's coming out april 29th in the states uh it's a limited theatrical release and it's it's coming out on vod at some point as well and uh touring some festivals and then I'm not sure yet. There's a sci-fi film called Memory of Water that's coming in September that I wrote. It's based on a Finnish sci-fi novel of the same name, which is also available in English. And uh, that that one, I don't know the distribution yet of where it's going or how. But um, and I, then I also wrote a children's film, <laughs> which is coming out in about a year. It's uh, it's directed by the same guy who did a film called the euthanizer so we've been calling it like uh, the the uh, fantastic sci-fi adventure for the whole family from the people who made the euthanizer and night of the living dicks (laughs) awesome those 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 are like already shot and pretty much completed the children's film is still still in post but and then we're writing a new horror film now with the director of Hatching, and uh, then I'm I'm trying to get get the money for a feature horror comedy that uh, I'm gonna direct myself, hopefully hopefully next year. That's kind of uh, kind of like it's more in the style of these shorts, but not not so. It's more character driven than than a, a complete crazy conceptual thing like this 
That's awesome. It sounds like you have a busy schedule ahead of you, man. So just keep working. You know, the, the film was great. We loved it. So definitely. Yeah, I'm very happy you enjoyed it. I'm glad we got you on when we did, because I don't think we'd be able to lock you down if uh, we waited any longer. <laughs> you, got, you got so much coming out. So yeah. very exciting. Very exciting uh, to the listeners. Please make sure you do yourself a favor. Check out the hatching. I promise you it's nothing like you've ever seen before. If you can get your hands on these shorts, you want to check these out, too. They are bonkers in the best way. So, Ilya, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure and I can't thank you enough again for just sharing all your work with us and giving us some time to talk about it. Yeah, thanks. It was nice to talk to you. And I, I, I was kind of worried that I was going to be completely random because I, I finished playing The Last of Us Part 2 today and I'm still uh, <laughs> kind of uh, shaken and rattled by it. <laughs> that's a great game. <laughs> that's awesome. So, everyone, thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your night. Over, you lose.